I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's World Podcast. I'm Steve Bartle, joined today by Paul Twella, back again after his podcast debut last week, man. <laughs> it was impressive. We had a, a lot of good feedback from your uh, your first time on the show. Well, it's awesome. I, I love being here, and you know, it's kind of fun just talking about something I'm so familiar with in sports and you know, youth athletics. <laughs> yeah, I think you've been around the block or two <laughs> playing Utah football and stuff. So, um, man, lots to talk about in this episode. We fresh off the NFL Combine this weekend. Nine Utes were in Indianapolis for the Combine. A great showing for for most of the guys there. There were some results we'll talk about and we'll break down and kind of project forward in terms of what that means for their draft status. I don't think anybody really hurt themselves this weekend mm-hmm, or anything mm-hmm. like that. I think most guys kind of check the box on you know who they are as as prospects and that kind of thing. So we'll we'll dive more into that and get your thoughts on on how the guys performed. Awesome. Um and then it's March, Paul. Right. It's March. It's yeah. here. That means it's spring ball. Right. Spring ball is here, baby. We're not talking March Madness. That's not what we're here to talk nah. about. But it's it's Utah football spring ball practice starts today. We'll be up on the hill Monday at I think we can get up there at like three ten or something like yeah. that for me. You could probably go whenever you want. I don't know. <laughs> like you've got that access access. So right. um so yeah, that starts today. Fifteen practices. Mm-hmm. The red and white game, April eleventh. When's the uh, when's the pro day? For you guys? Uh, pro day is March twenty sixth. March twenty sixth, so, man. Yeah, just a couple more weeks. I'm telling you, bro, you're looking slim and trim. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. It's you're, that keto diet. You're down what 30? 30 <laughs> down pounds? thirty pounds. Thirty yeah. lbs, bro. Right. I'm just trying to, you know, the skinnier I am, the faster I am. So you, know. <sighs> you got it. You know, <laughs> I see it. The beard's kind of trimmed down a little bit. The hair's a little to. slicker. <laughs> trying to get a little more aerodynamic for that forty. Trying. I think I need to shave my legs to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right, man. Well, let's let's get into the combine this this weekend and uh and talk about what we saw and and you know just overall impressions when you were watching the guys and and for you what is that like seeing your teammates participate in an event like that at the Mm -hmm. nfl combine well first and foremost i just wanted to congratulate all those guys yeah you know it's it's a great it's a great opportunity for you know the guys that i was able to see for these last four years see them really showcase their talent to the rest of the nation yeah 
I feel like part of the Pac-12 nation was able to see what they were able to do on the field here. And, yeah, they didn't have any shoulder pads or they weren't hitting anyone. But they were really able to show showcase their talent, showcase, you know, what they've been working so hard for. So, first and foremost, congratulations to the boys uh, doing an awesome job. But back to your question, um, it's it's – you know, it's it's something that every kid or every college athlete wants to be a part of, the, yeah. the combine. You know, you're not really trying. I think really going into your senior year, like, oh, okay, if I, if I have a pretty solid year, if I'm, you know, doing the best that I can, hopefully I'm going to get to get an invite to the combine. And so I know a lot of the boys are really excited just to get that opportunity to go to Indianapolis to really – because it's something they've seen – you know, for years and years and years, there's NFL people that make their name there. Um, and at the beginning of the show, you talked about how no one really hurt their drafts or their draft stock, or you know, didn't do anything to hurt them, which is which is exactly right. A lot of the people showed out. Javelin ran a four two nine, just speedy. Dang! I don't think any one of the bull or anyone really was surprised too much about that though, because everyone knows that like he ran. He ran track in Texas and in California. State and, records yeah. in Texas and California. And won them. And yeah. won them. And so you have to be pretty fast to be able to win both in Texas and California. And so for him to really go out there, you know, not too many people know about, uh, know about him, but I'm, I'm guessing a lot of people know about him now. Yeah, you know, let's let's talk a little bit more about that because Javelin, like you said, a lot of people didn't really know about him. He just right. he didn't have the notoriety that, that you know, being an early entrant mm-hmm. that he is compared to Jalen Johnson. A lot more people people are a lot more familiar with Jalen Johnson and, right. and what he's bringing to the table in terms of being an NFL prospect compared to Javelin. But I think with what Javelin was able to do this weekend, not only running a four two nine in the forty. But his bench press at 21 reps, Mm -hmm. you know, I saw a tweet that it was the highest amount of bench press reps for a player that's run sub 4-3, which is impressive. And and I think what that does for him is that forces talent evaluators, scouts, coaches to go back to his tape and and more thoroughly comb through Mm -hmm. his film and kind of digest and and see what his potential really is, Mm -hmm. where he's at in his game. Being a an early entrant like he was, without the notoriety, without you know being named first team All Pac twelve like Jalen was, you know it's easy for talent evaluators to kind of go through film and just be like, okay, you know he's he's quick out of his breaks here, he, he's good at diagnosing here, he's, his footwork is okay here, but with these types of numbers, it forces them to go back and really f- kind of dig deep mm-hmm. into why and and what is. What is his true potential like? And I think for him, that's the biggest benefit to this weekend is now coaches and and scouts are going to go back and watch his tape for a second and third and fourth, fifth, sixth time to get a better feel for for his game. Exactly. And, you know, Javelin, Javelin deserves this recognition. Javelin really does. You know, everyone deserves to know, you know, Javelin K. Guidry's name yeah. out there. Just because, yeah, we saw him run that four two nine. Yeah, he he benched really well. But like you said, they're going to be forced to go back to the film, go back to where he did his work, the majority of his work. And they're going to see that, you know, he's... He can he, play. He can play. He can play. He's not just speed. He's not just strength. But, you know, he can cover. He can do all these different things that they're, they're going to want him. They're going to ask of him. 
And, you know, I'm just super proud of Javelin. For sure. So Javelin, I think, without a doubt, the biggest winner of of the nine guys that that attended this weekend. Um, Really, you know, his name was was all over Twitter, was all over, you know, the social networks, NFL.com, ESPN.com. His name was everywhere. And it was Mm -hmm. good to see that for him because he, you know, Nickelback playing that slot role it's tough because it's you you're going up you're matching up against a variety of players mm-hmm. and yeah i mean you're going to give up some catches because you're you're facing an equally dynamic athlete mm-hmm. um that's where offenses are trending towards featuring the slot position and mm-hmm. getting some mismatches there and and for him to have that to you know after the way the the season ended i think for him was kind of on a sour note right you know in the bowl game i think for him this was a big boost for his confidence too moving forward i think yeah and you know javelin did kind of like what you were talking about early people are going to be forced to go back to where he did the majority of the work yeah we he didn't we didn't end on the best of notes but there's a lot of things a lot of great things in his games that that he can expound on but other things you know just small little technical you know issues there yeah. that he can fix as well but you know you you take you know him just getting a uh, an invitation to the combine is awesome tremendous because, yeah is awesome because like you said no one really knew who he was yeah they knew like a little bit about you know he he does this well he does that well but just to get a combine invite and then to be able to show out in that, mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, tremendous. You know, and I think an equally, maybe not equally, because you know he didn't have the social buzz that 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 Jav did. But I think Terrell Burgess also oh. did a great job yesterday. Yeah, running the the four four was it? What was it officially like four four nine? Four 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 nine, and then his first one was a four four nine, and then his last one, his second one was a four four five, I believe it was. Officially four four six. Four four six. Yeah, four four six officially, which is tremendous. And you know, considering where he's at uh, with his his weight, two hundred two pounds, moving four four six, that's impressive for a defensive back safety. He put up twenty reps on the mm-hmm. bench press. Uh, just an overall good showing. Ten ten two in the broad jump, which kind of uh, you know it, it points to his explosiveness, his uh-huh. hip. Um, explosiveness and, and that kind of thing. So I think he had a really good day and really kind of solidified his rising stock that he was able to kind of create at the Senior Bowl as well. Exactly. And so, yeah, Terrell Terrell did a great job. We call him Relly. <laughs> or Relly? Ruffle, Rufflehead. Rufflehead, <laughs> we, we like to call him. But he, he uh, just like everyone, he he showed out. Just yeah. When when I saw that four four five or, yeah, the official four four six time, I was kind of blown away. Yeah, I knew he was fast, but a four four six is, is impressive. It's it's very impressive, and so big shout out to to Terrell to really putting you know him and Julian. Yeah, Julian didn't you know participate in the combine, but having those two safeties back there, having them you know do what they do and and kind of show the nation what they did while they were in uniform, awesome for them. But another thing that that I think scouts really took into account with Terrell was. Um, just how just how fluid he was when in the interview process. The, I heard he had a really good interview process yeah. when they were interviewing him. He was articulate. He was he was poised. He was you know eloquent in his speech. 
And that's just a testament to not only the stuff he's done on the field, but, you know, in the classroom, the person who he is, you know, how his parents raised him. And so it's when people think of the combine, people just think about, oh, the numbers that they're putting up. The underwear the, test. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, oh, like he looks good with his shirt off. And, you know, <laughs> he's got, you know, a six pack instead of a four pack, you know, just different yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. But a lot of the, what the GMs are looking for is if they can carry themselves well, how they are off the field. And that's, you know, he he demonstrated just how, you know, his his upbringing, how yeah. he was up, thank, thankful to his parents. Really, he shouted out uh, safety pride, Coach Scally. And so, um, you know, Terrell did a great job in the interview process, really showing his his articulation and stuff like that. That brings up an interesting topic because another player – uh, was <laughs> yeah, you know where I'm going with yeah. this? Uh, you know, for you guys, we, like Brad, he's so funny, and I think that's the <laughs> thing is like people just don't know him. Uh-huh. When you, I, I'm assuming you saw the the tweet or whatever it right. was talking about how he's a meathead and right. how some scouts are are turned off by that mm-hmm. because he can't articulate his thoughts quickly enough. Like to me, that is so stupid. Right? Like turn on the tape. That's articulate. That's the, <laughs> the only articulation I need to see right. is him getting after the offense tackle, getting after the quarterback. And for you guys, like as players, like is that frustrating? Like, what do you think when you see that kind of stuff? <laughs> well, it's funny because Bradley, Bradley, in the sense of the word, is a meathead. He doesn't <laughs> he doesn't articulate his words, you know, as fast as, sure. as you want him to. But he'll get it done. Like he'll he'll talk to you, and it might he might not use you know the the greatest variety of the vernac- Terrell Burgess vocabulary. Right, like his vernacular isn't as as spectacular as Terrell's. But like you said, put on the tape. That's all you really need to see. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need to see. What he does well, what he does great, what he does exceptionally well, and then the stuff he needs to work on. Um but Bradley, yeah, he's you you see him and then you're like, "Okay, he's he's got the build." You hear him talk, you're like, "Oh, okay, this this is this this is different." But then you see him play, you're like, "Okay, now, now I get it. Now, now I get it. I get it." Right. That was just yeah. You just you, I saw that and I literally rolled my eyes so hard because uh-huh. I like don't overthink this, scouts. Like right. Watch the tape. That's all you need to see with this guy. Yeah, but the thing is, I can also see where the scouts are going are are coming from as well. You you know, as a, as an NFL player, I don't know this, but as an NFL player, you have obligations to the media where you're talking about them. Where sure. essentially you're you're representing your corporation, your team, the team that drafted you, and so to have you know someone that's very articulate or not very articulate, you know, it's it's. It's it's dumb, but I could also see where they're coming from. Sure, and you know, and I think Bradley has proven, and and I think his exposure being at Pac-12 Media Day, mm-hmm. like I remember listening to him answer questions there too, and mm-hmm. you know, he represented the the University of Utah in such a good fashion. Oh, I yeah. think you know that, uh, you know, he'll take a second to think about your question, which I I find which is good. Yeah, yeah, like I find that more valuable that he actually cares enough about mm-hmm. the question to think about it a second, let it simmer for a minute up there. Let right. the meat simmer, yeah. you know, yeah. uh, a little bit and then genuinely answer your question. I I think I, you know, I don't care that he yeah. takes a second or right. two to, to actually think about it, but you make a great point that, yeah. you know, for some NFL teams and organizations like yeah, they're Maybe a concern there, right? There's so, it, it isn't going to hurt his draft stock. Though. No, it not shouldn't. at all. Not at all. But 
you know, he ran four nine three, which mm-hmm. you know you see that, and you're like, oh, okay, that's that's not great. Mm-hmm. But his his ten yard split one six eight seconds, like that's impressive. And I, you know, and you see the other defensive ends that ran AJ. What's his Epinesa? Epinesa. Yeah. You know, he ran like a five one. Yeah. But he's he was considered one of the top twenty talents in the NFL draft coming right. in, and it's just fascinating that when you evaluate these guys in terms of who they are on the field. And then, you know, how much stock do you put into the combine? I, I find that an interesting conversation. Right. I, I I read a thing this this or this past week that was talking about just you know this track meet that the that the combine in how it isn't really relatable to the real football. But in some sense, it is. You know, if it didn't really relate to the football field, they wouldn't do it. It's not like they would just want, hey, let's let's put a bunch of grown men in their underwear and see them run around. Right. It it, it has it does translate somewhere in the football field. Now, does I, think, it, I think Chase Young said it best. Like, I'm not a combine yeah. athlete. I'm an NFL athlete. And I exactly. think that's to your point. Exactly. And so he makes a great point. There, yeah, a lot of people are going to do really, really, really well in this combine. But then you turn on their tape and then you're going to be like, oh, well, where was this? And then there's going to be people that don't run, you know, a 4-5. Um, like Bradley, he runs a 4-9. But then you put on the film and you're like, oh, that 10-yard 1.68 burst, that is Good luck. Se- that is second to none. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, it's just – it's it is different how people kind of evaluate, you know, what they see on the field and what they see numbers-wise. But what I think a lot of the scouts are doing is, you know, they're going to go back – they're, they're going to they're gonna compare what they see on the field, what they see on the, on the you know, at the combine, and then they're going to be like, all right, let's 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 – intersect let's let's go back let's reevaluate everyone and you know it's 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 just different yeah you know it adds context right. and, and and a deeper value to what you're evaluating on on tape mm-hmm. and i think that's the biggest thing for and and that's you know when we talk about checking the box you know yeah like we mentioned at the beginning of the show a lot of these guys just check the box because Evaluators have a good idea of who these players are, mm-hmm. and for a lot of these guys, the athleticism, the numbers that they posted, pointed to the players that they are. I think Zach Moss is a perfect case right. uh, of that type of thing. When you watch Zach Moss, he's got a great burst. He's he's sudden. He's quick. He accelerates really well, mm-hmm. but he lacks that top end speed, right? right? And I, I think. You know his forty, his shuttle numbers, and and all of that, and and he was dealing with an injury, and I think that's the most important thing to keep in mind when you're looking at Zach Moss and and the numbers that he posted at the combine. Um, but none of his numbers, his numbers are are essentially just this is what we evaluated on right. tape. Mm-hmm. At least for for me, you know, he's he's quick. He's not a a, a a home run threat from anywhere on the field. Mm-hmm. Although he had some big runs, that right. 90-yard run, you know, that's plenty of speed. Yeah. And I think it it's just interesting to have that conversation about the numbers and how they just kind of verify what you're seeing on tape. Right. And so there's there's a funny story about Zach actually. We were playing oh. Oregon State. There, oh. We were playing Oregon State in Orlando Umana. He like four plays in the game, he got a targeting call. <laughs> and then all I hear is Paul, get out there. And I'm just, you know, my coach, I'm not even but you know, I strap my I just, head on. I just sat down, coach. Right, and then we score like three plays later, and then the next drive, like we're we're backed up on their five or their ten inside their ten yard line, and then 
it's an outside zone to the left, I remember, and Zach just bounces it and goes all the way down for like 91, 93 yards, I forget. 91. 91 yards. And so, like, he's one of my good friends, and so as, as soon as I... As soon as he, he got out in the open, I just started sprinting. I'm like, yeah. And then I realized, dang, I'm catching up to this dude. <laughs> I'm like, oh, dang, my, my 40's not that bad. And so I'm catching up to him. And I'm like one of the first people to go and give him a, a huge hug. And, and I'm like, all right, Zach, it's either I'm very fast or we got to work Feel on something. Feel good about yourself. Feel good. <laughs> but yeah, like like you said, like... Zach's not going to run like a 4-4. He's not going to, you know, impress you in these different things. But he is going to, you know, once they put on pads, he's going to run over. He's yeah. going to run over a lot of people. And not only that, but like his elusiveness in the backfield, you know, there's a lot of plays that us as an O-line, we could have blocked a lot better on. There, we, we let some leakage pass by and um, he would just, his spin move, as yeah. soon as he got the ball, just boom, a little spin move and just to create more time and create holes. It's it's awesome to see, and he's the main reason. Him and Snoop were main reasons why us as O blocked. We looked, you know, fantastic at times. It's very easy to have, you know, to look good as an O block when you're blocking for for people that can make up for your for your shortcomings. Yeah, absolutely. I think for Zach, that's his biggest asset is his ability at the at the line of scrimmage, right? right? Because it's not going to be pretty in the NFL. It's not going to get any easier. Yeah, and I think that's where he translates best is because. You know, he understands how to read and react quickly at the line of scrimmage and identifying where the green grass is. Mm-hmm. And I think he also has a nice little knack of influence, influencing the second level. Yeah. And I think that's something that you can't really coach. It's just kind of like a, a natural it's instinct. A, yeah, it's just a thing that you have. There's a lot of times in during Monday morning film where Coach Harding would be like, all right, you see how Zach is going this way and the – and the Mike linebacker is is gonna shut off the hole, but no, Zach knows like if he like influences him this way, he's yeah. gonna cut outside. And so, as an offensive lineman, it's just so cool to see you know positions other than ourselves having to think you know very very critically. Like, oh, if I make a move here, then they're gonna go there. Like, it's 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 awesome to see, or it was awesome to see how Zach was able to just. Influ- no one wants to go head up with Zach. They're going to try to, you know. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, no one's going to want to do that. And so knowing that he has that in his tool belt, like, oh, if they do fill this hole, I'm just going to run you over. And that's what they're, you know, it's it's awesome to see how he's able to put two and two together. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, with Zach, he posted a four six five officially, which yeah. is a good time. That's yeah. a good yeah. time. When you look at the combine results of the, over the last few years, you know, there are running backs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kareem Hunt, yeah. you know, if. You know, if he's not smoking weed, yeah. you know, and getting in trouble with the law, like he's one of the top backs in in the league. Exactly. You know, Kareem Hunt was a four six three four six five guy. David Singletary out of out of Iowa State went to the Chicago Bears in the third round. He was a four six five. Mm-hmm. Benny Snell is at the the Pittsburgh Steelers. James Conner at the at the at Pittsburgh the Steelers. Steelers also four six five. Both mm-hmm. those guys four six five. I think. There's a lot of being made about his his forty time, and there shouldn't be yeah. because it just verified who he is uh, as an athlete, and he has the tape, and that's that's the best thing about him is that his game isn't reliant on speed. Mm-hmm. It's just it's it's all about his instincts, his footwork, and just his natural yeah, just running ability. Exactly, and not only did he do really well, you know, he had I think it was nineteen bench press reps. He, you know, he did he did okay in a lot of drills, 
But uh, one drill that I think he he really you know opened some people's eyes on are the are the route combinations that they were mm-hmm. able to run there on the routes that they ran. How just how fluid his hips are, how how active his hands are as well, and just how he's able to track the ball and uh, you know tuck and turn or turn and tuck it. Uh, you know, as soon as the ball touches. So it was, it was awesome to see him showcase not only his running ability, but also his, you know, how he can come out of the backfield and be a threat that way. So a lot of the Utes had a good, good experience this weekend at the Combine. Jalen Johnson had a, had a good Sunday yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, really showed well in the drills and, and showing his hip mobility and, and fluidity, uh, which is great. Lucky Fotu, John Penasini, uh, both showed and, uh, enough. I yeah. think Lucky Fotu kind of showed his athleticism running a 5, what was it, 5-1? Five, 5-1-1, one. Five, one, one, I think. Jeez, 330 pounds, the heaviest defensive lineman running that. Good grief. Honestly, I'm not going to be shocked if he hits a 4-9 at, at Com- That's Dude, I was so expecting that. Cause I was hoping. I do not because I expect a lot of the, the U-boys that you know did okay mm-hmm. at their at the Combine, I, I expect them to, to blow those numbers out of the water come March 26th. I expect Lucky to you know to do really well. Mm-hmm. High 4-9s, low 5-0s. Um, I expect them to do a lot better, cause just because they're more comfortable. It's not. A, yeah. I mean, it's a high stress environment, but it's not super high stress where yeah. you're seeing like everyone just just on you if you're not doing anything right. And so expect them to be a lot more laid back, and with mm-hmm. that, la- you know, with that laid back, with that, you know, with that comfort that they're feeling back in the uh, at the facility at the U, they're gonna they're gonna show out. So. Uh- what did you make of the combine schedule? Did you like the fact that it was later in the evening and and kind of like it felt like it was made more for TV this mm-hmm. year? And I didn't like that. It was it was different. Yeah, that's what I would say. It was different. I feel like a lot of the boys came in expecting one thing and they got a totally different a totally different thing. Um, but and I, and it was I different. think. A lot of the there were a lot of injuries this year that more than I ever remember right. there being yeah. in the combine was mm-hmm. just a lot of soft tissue injuries, a lot of tweaks, a lot of strains and that kind of thing. And I I just wonder, you know, is it necessary to turn the combine into a TV event? You know, mm-hmm. I I like just having it having it on uh-huh. and just running. Like I don't need to have things wait for commercial break exactly. and that kind of stuff. And exactly, I just you know. I hope the NFL goes back to how they had it before, just yeah. middle of the day, let it run, and, and cut it up later on in the day. Right. And, and I think it's better for the, the athletes as well because that's that should be priority number one is how are the athletes performing. Uh-huh. You can't perform your best if you're taking you know, five-minute breaks in between each drill and, and you cool down and you kind of stiffen up a little bit. That's, right. that's not going to help you perform. Yeah, just it's, it was a different way to do it. Maybe, I mean... They had a new sponsor. They had Under Armour or a uh, New Balance. Yeah, New Era or New Era. I yeah, was like, what you make of that? What the heck? Yeah, it was it was just different. It was different. Like I said, uh, if I were a player, I would be pissed. <laughs> I'm looking forward to getting some nice Under Armour gear, some Nike gear, but no, nah, it's New Era. What the hell? Well, the thing is, heck. they still get the. I forget they, this is KSL. <laughs> they still get the. They still get as much gear as they want. Oh, okay, after okay. talking with them, they still get. You know, there's still little pop ups. With you know the Nike with the with all that and so they still did they, just, br- are they bring you back something they better hell yeah they Heck yeah, better bring me some stuff you know <laughs> I'm not a three XL anymore so I might need to hit that two XL <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah it it was different to see but um, 
Yeah. It's, I'm expecting maybe Nike, maybe Nike to sponsor the event or something. Yeah, come you on, know, man. What, what are we doing? We, we handing out hats over here. Yeah, what what is this <laughs> about? What are we What are we doing here? But no, once again, it's it's awesome to see them show out for real. So shout out to the you boys at the NFL Combine. You guys did your thing. Um, we're gonna take a quick break, and on the other side, we're gonna talk some spring ball. Spring ball starts today. Mm-hmm. You excited, Paul? I'm excited. I'm excited to see all the boys. You know, after a long. Winter workout show <laughs> to see what they can do. So we'll take a quick break. But first, a quick reminder, Nate Wade Subaru is the official sponsor of the It's Utah's World podcast. We appreciate the guys down at Nate Wade Subaru. Uh, catch them at 1207 South Main Street in Salt Lake City, Utah, 84111. They're open till 6 p.m. almost every day. Pretty sure every day. Uh, except Sunday. So every day except Sunday, head on down to Nate Wade Subaru. If you're looking for a new or used car, whatever you may need. I know one guy is going to be looking for a new car, Tom Hackett. <laughs> Welcome the new baby boy into the world. So shout out to Tom. Head on down to Nate Wade Subaru. They'll get you taken care of. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the It's Utah's World podcast. Quick reminder, Tom Hackett is out of commission just welcome in a new baby boy to the world. So shout out to Tom and wife and little baby boy. I don't think they have a name yet. You know if they have a name yet, Paul? I don't, I don't think so. Or I think so. There should be a name, but I'm not sure. Tom's kind of, you know, he's, he kind of goes about his business a little differently <laughs> than the rest of us. So I don't know. Uh, but uh, if you missed the first segment, we talked a lot about the NFL Combine, how the boys performed, and uh, and and. You know, I think a lot of the guys did well. And now we turn our attention to spring ball. Utah is going to be back on the practice fields later today. That's the first practice of spring ball. They'll be back on the field around 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Paul, now that you're moving on from the pro, now that you're you know you're, you're done with football, you're moving on into your second career. Right. What what's this like for you? Spring ball is is different. Spring ball is is awesome. In regards to me, it's just it's cool to see, you know, it's like, cool obviously not for me to be in it just because my body doesn't hurt as much. <laughs> but it's it's awesome to see, you know, just how younger guys are taking taking leadership roles and how yeah. they're able to you know, really r- rally and bring the team together. So that's okay. That's good, man. Yeah. I, you know, not that I'm concerned because I mean, obviously you're, you've got it all together, but you never know, right? You, <laughs> you know, I just want to make sure that you know, I care about you, you, the individual, you. <laughs> you know, so Utah's back in action. Um, obviously they have to replace a lot of players, a lot of guys right. moving off from the program, a lot of big time producers, particularly on the defense side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, the offense returns plenty of skill players, running backs, offensive linemen, and the quarterback battle is going to be a fun one to watch through through this these next few weeks with Cameron Rising and Jake Bentley going at it. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul, where should we start? Where do you want to start with with spring ball? Let's start. Well, 
just because I'm very biased and it's my favorite position. Let's start with the offensive line. Let's go. I think let's it's it's their anchor. I think it's their anchor for this upcoming season. Um, just like any other season, that's where that's where the ball starts moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm expecting to see a lot from from their their spring captain Orlando Umana, their center. Um, I think he's doing a, a great job just from the things I've heard. I've heard he's done a great job with the offense, you know, not only with the offensive line, but really showing just how just how the offense should work. Um, him as a center, he's he's kind of the quarterback for the line, mm-hmm. kind of telling him, hey, this is we should rip it. We should slide it here. We should you know, this is the point. Um, and so how difficult is that for a center to be able to identify and then you know, make the correct calls in terms of protection and, and blocking schemes and that kind of stuff? Well, it's honestly not that hard. It's not that hard just because Coach Harding drills it in us a lot. He mm-hmm. expects us to know. He always talks about how he believes we're very smart. And so, I mean, to, case in point, Paul, <laughs> case in point. And so Orlando's done a great job for us these last three or two, three years, um, you know, just really guiding us to to put us in the best situation possible. Um but talking as an offensive line, they have a lot of starters with a lot of experience coming back. We got Simi Moala back at right or left tackle, a uh, very lengthy player. We got Braden Daniels. Braden Daniels is is has gotten so much stronger. It is ridiculous. He was already strong. He was he? already strong, but I've just heard just through the grapevine he was putting up like thirty three reps at uh, you know at. At the two twenty five, he was locking them out. Yeah, I heard that a lot over the weekend. Lock it out. Yeah, lock it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got you know. Just want to make sure he's getting full extension. That they're counting, but he's (laughs) his lower body. He's explosive. He's he's knowledgeable. Uh, Let's see who else. There's a lot of. Obviously, we have Nick Ford. Nick Ford's just a brawler. He Mm -hmm. loves that physicality. He brings that edge um, that the that every offensive line needs. So he's that edge person. And then we got other people like Keaton Bills, Johnny yeah. Maya, Paul Miley, all these different other players that have had experience in the past. And it's gonna it's gonna help the offensive line and the whole offense, you know, really gel together, I think, having so much experience. So with the offensive line, right. what needs in your opinion, when you're, you know, biased or unbiased, however you want to go about this, mm-hmm. when you're when you're evaluating the offensive line now, what needs to happen between now and April 11th? I think what really needs to happen or or what's really important is the development and and the need and the want that a certain player needs is is bam. I think he's a a very big factor in just how yeah. um this season will go. And so knowing bam He's he's a physical guy. He's he looks the part. He does all you know. He's he's strong. He does all this different stuff. But he knows he knows the stuff he needs to work on. And so mm-hmm. I think if he really dedicates himself this spring, if he really you know slims down to what he's what he needs to be. I was talking to him this morning after he was working out. He was on the stair stepper because he's on something ah. called something called cardio club. Ah, the cardio club. Right, and so. You know, if he's able to slim down, get his feet right, really buy into the program, really buy into okay, this it's it's not about me, it's about everyone else. I think he's going to have a breakthrough season. I think he's going to lock down one of those tackle positions, and um, it's going to be it's going to be some hard sledding for a lot of the teams if he's able to really um, be the player that everyone thinks he can be. 
want to ask you about a player you've already mentioned, Nick Ford. Yeah. Um, a tremendous athlete mm-hmm. for a player of his stature, his size. Mm-hmm. He's smart. He plays with a little bit of an edge, like you mentioned. Right. Um, maybe a little too confident at times. Just just or the right amount of confidence. Just the right I amount think. of confidence? Actually, I know. he's very confident in you himself. Were, you were right about the first one. Just a little <laughs> bit overconfident. Just just a little just a little bit we though. We can say that about Nick. Nick knows, you know, Nick knows where, you know, he's, yeah. he's where he's at. Uh-huh. But for him, what what is one thing that Nick can work on to really improve his game? Okay, so I'll, I'll talk about two things he can, both okay. mentally oh, and physically. Overachiever over here, Paul. <laughs> All right. So mentally, he just needs to, I don't know, Nick has always been a very physical, very smart player as well. Yeah. He's he, he's so bright. Yeah, very smart, very articulate as well. And, you know, but mentally, he sometimes he has like this break where he, where he, I don't know, there's just like a mental block in his head where... I don't know. It's hard to explain where he just can't do something, and then he kind of gets mad about it, and frustrated. it kind of yeah, just frustrated, and it just shuts him all down. Um, but I've seen just in these past couple months that he's he's really being able to to hone in himself. He's really able to hone that in and uh, kind of use that mental instability to and focus that into you know physicality. Yeah. And so that's one that's one area I think he can you know focus more on is really um, applying himself and, and not being f- rattled too easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but another thing I think he can work on as well as is what everyone needs to work on is is pass blocking. Yeah, pass blocking is obviously it's very hard, especially because you're moving backwards. Someone's you know, moving someone or someone else is coming full speed at you. It's a hard thing. And so, um, just getting hands inside, just little tech, technical, technical things when it comes to the nuances of offensive line is just not only what Nick needs to improve on, what everyone needs to improve on. Right. But the trajectory for Nick is out of this world. I yeah. think, I think just because he's a, you know, one of my best friends, I honestly think if he has, the same year as last year, or a little better, I think he could he could leave this year, right? And and that's I bring him up because I believe he has that type of potential right. to be an early entry guy because he is smart, mm-hmm. he is athletic, he does have that edge, that nastiness that you love to see in offensive linemen, mm-hmm. particularly the the interior guys. Oh yeah, um, you know you got to be a different mindset when you're going up against the guy 320 pounds. <laughs> You know that just wants to go through you and not around you. Exactly, and and so you got to have the right mentality. So I think, and Nick, Nick knows he's got that type of potential. And I think drawing that out of him is going to be fun to see over the next year or so yeah. in terms of of the growth that he makes. Um, so offensive line is key, right? Quarterback, Ooh. that's also key, right? And and I think Utah moving on from Tyler Huntley, we saw the best version of Tyler Huntley this year, and it was a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. You talked about his ability to make guys miss and, and avoid the sack and make you guys look a little better and, yeah. and cover up some of your mistakes. Uh, but it was his ability, his arm talent, and and his ability to recognize where the opportunities were uh, and, and find the right guy. And I think that's going to be fascinating to see who steps up in his place and is able to kind of take on the mantle as as the signal caller for Utah. Exactly. And I think a lot of the responsibility 
really lies on, you know, Coach Ludwig. Right. And we saw what Coach Ludwig was able to do with just one year with with Snoop, with Tyler. Mm -hmm. Um, He was able to really refine it. Snoop has always been able, has always had the talent. But, you know, really having Ludwig, I think, really hone in on him and really focus on, you know, okay, you don't have to do this. This is a good look, but this is a better. Go from a good look to a better look is something that, that Snoop really needed. And so, you know, there's a lot of new quarter. There's a couple of new quarterbacks that a lot of people aren't really used to hearing, like the Cam Risings. Obviously, people know the Jake Bentleys and the you know Drew List got in there for a little bit as well. But this, yeah, this season, yeah, the offensive line can block forever, and all these people are the wide receivers can have the crispiest and the best looking routes. But it's really going to be interesting to see who's the quarterback that gets them there who's the quarterback that gets the ball at the right spot at the right time and so i think it's going to be really a a battle of of jake bentley and cam rising yeah those two have really cemented their names into the you know the the future of of the utes and so it's going to be an interesting battle with those two and i'm glad that you brought up ludwig because we now enter year two right under andy ludwig uh which we saw just how just the difference he made in year one was mm-hmm. unbelievable right. um, in terms of what he was able to do with the offense. It became one of the most explosive offenses and one of the most efficient offenses with the run game. Mm-hmm. Um, for for you guys as players, is do we make enough about being familiar with the playbook and with the scheme and with an offensive coordinator, or do we make too much of it? I think you guys make just enough of it. I think. Because it's, it's not hard to, to understand, hey, if you're very familiar with something or if you're more familiar with something than another person is, you have a step above them, right? And yeah. so not only does that happen in football, that's that's how it happens in life. If you know more than another person, then you have a step up on them. Um, but there's a lot of stuff that, you know, intangibles that can make up for that inexperience in an offense. You know, oh, like he can different you know angles of the throw you know he can escape from the pocket or the pocket and create more time in there um but it's it's exactly what you said it's people make just enough of it because it makes sense if people are more familiar with it you're more comfortable with it and and as an athlete you perform at your best when you're comfortable comfortable. when you don't have to think you don't have to think and then the game just comes natural to you you stop thinking and the only thing you're really thinking about is okay just Put them on the ground. Right, right. Yeah, and as offensive linemen, that's exactly what you want to do. You want to put them on the ground. <laughs> right. How many people did you put on the ground in your career? I put enough on the ground. Yeah, okay. We'll, put enough we'll, on we'll the say ground. enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. But uh, but the skill players, I, I'm I'm fascinated to see who steps forward this year. I oh, think, yeah. you know, we talked about it a little bit last week with mm-hmm. some of the guys. Uh, Solomon Enos being named spring ball captain. Right. I'm really excited to see what kind of impact that has on him because I think that that's that's a big deal uh, to be named a spring ball captain, or you know, maybe you can speak better to that. Is it a big deal to be named a spring ball captain? I think for Solo it is. I think it's, for Solo it is. Maybe for some other people it probably isn't, but for Solo it is just because the the, the players vote on it. Yeah, he knows that the players vote for it. He knows that the coaches already believe in him. But to know that the other players support him, they that they know that, that he's the one. Because since day one, we talked about this last week, since day one, since the day he stepped foot on this campus, he acted like a, a captain already. He he was well beyond his years in maturity 
and you know work ethic and all this stuff and so i think that the that the wide receiver core that coach holiday and you know solo they're going to be able to get these wide receivers you know um more accountable in the run game, you know, better blockers, better cat, uh, route runners, all these different things. And so it's it's going to have, I think, a very positive positive effect on, on Solo. Running back position obviously is going to be a fun one because there's a, a good number of guys, TJ Green, Devin Brumfield, Jordan Wilmore, and Mackay Bernard, yeah. uh, as well as some other guys in the mix there. Uh, tight end, Brent Keithy, Cole Fotheringham, Thomas Yasmin. Thomas. Um, you know, there's a lot. Uh, a lot of guys need to take a step forward and to and to improve their games when you look at the skill players you know because i asked you what needs to happen with the offensive line mm-hmm. what needs to happen with the skill players this spring Ooh, that's a good question um i think what they one thing that they're very that they're going to be good at next year though is just the maturity of their of their kind of of their core mm-hmm. cuz they have who they have Brayton Covey, mm-hmm. they have Solo, BT, they have Jalen Dixon, one of the fastest people I've ever seen, him yeah. and Javelin. But they also have someone named Samson Nakua. Samson Nakua is an excellent, very trustworthy, uh, very trustworthy route runner and, and ball catcher. Um, I've always talked about it. Like on the sideline, we'll be like, you know, Samson is like he goes he, gets it. He is trustworthy. Yeah. He's like that's a great word for him. He's trustworthy. But one thing I think they really need to focus on is just, you know, is who the the chemistry between them and the quarterback. Yeah. The chemistry between them and the quarterback because yeah, they have some chemistry with, you know, with Cam, some chemistry, but they need to just be more consistent. Be mm-hmm. more consistent. That ball security, ball security is everything at the U. Um lock load and finish is what they always say over there. And so um, yeah, they got caught sometimes with some fumbles here and there last year and, and stuff like that. But one thing they really need to focus on is just that ball security as well as, you know, just going after that yeah. thing, just letting letting the top off and just going for it. Okay. That'll be fun to watch. And I think that's that's the, the thing I'm most interested in is to see who kind of takes on that mentality of just going and getting it, yeah. right? I, I think, you know, Brian Thompson took a big step forward as as a receiver. What what kind of level can he attain as a number one, as a go-to guy? Can he become that go-get-it where you just throw it up because you trust him? Can he be that? Can Solo be that, mm-hmm. right? Can he be that go-getter type? And I think that's what I'm fascinated to see. And maybe we don't see it this spring, but yeah. I think during the off season, mm-hmm. I think, you know, as we get into the season next year, I think that is something that's going to be, you know, at the top of list, a top at the top of the list for fans, for coaches, for, for the staff and everything. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the more we solidify who's going to be throwing the ball, who's, who's right. the captain and who's the, the go-to quarterback. I think the more we solidify that, the more chemistry they're going to have with, you know, with the BTs, with the, with the JDs, with all these different players. And so I think the faster the, the university of Utah figures that out, the the faster they'll be able to really develop, you know, those wide receivers into what they can be, those go-tos, like you said. So let's talk about the defense. Let's switch it over to the other side of the ball real quick and talk about what what needs to happen there because, 
Obviously, you replace nine starters. Mm-hmm. You also lose a, a few rotational guys, um, you know, in the secondary and, and and that. And so, there's a lot that needs to be replaced and needs to be sorted out. Right. Have you? Did you ever go through on the offensive side of the ball a period where you had to replace a lot of that talent? Were you there from like the Joe Williams, Troy, Troy Williams to Tyler Huntley's Zach yeah. Ross transition? So that was that was our first year. That was my first year. Okay. So my first year we had. Almost our entire offensive line um, get drafted. We had the Isaac Asiades, yeah. the JJ Dealmans, the Sam Tevies, who's doing an awesome job at the at the Chargers, and we had um, I forget who else, but we had another we had another guard that went, or no, there's a guard that stayed back. Uh, his name was Lekka. 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 He yeah, he stayed, yeah. He's in the XFL. In the he's XFL. holding it down. Yeah, and he's doing doing yeah. really well. Got a lot of TV time. Yeah, and so and then we had um, Zach Moss obviously come in. We had the the switch from Troy Williams to Snoop, right? And let's see, and then there was like Brian. Tom- yeah, there's just a there's a big switch to you know what I was just so accustomed to, and so yeah, I'm going back to spring ball. There's there was a growing period because I remember we went to we barely made a bowl game the year. My first year, like really, really there, like contributing to the team. Yeah. After Isaac and them left, right. We we only won seven games the next year, and we went to the heart of Dallas Bowl, and you know it's it's going to be grow. They're they're going to be growing pains for the defense here at Utah, um, but I think it's just a culture that you know that they buy in so easily on, and they have the they have the the, the points and the keys to to go in different different positions, but now it's just you know fine tuning fine-tuning things so for you as a player what is that like what's that like going through that kind of transitional period you so you you weren't there for Garrett Bowles and Isaac Asadi were you on you were on the team I was was on the team but that was my retro year right okay so okay and for you what's it like that offseason seeing the guys move on What's your mentality like, and what are you seeing as a player where it's like, okay, uh, I've got to step up now? Like, what's that like for you guys? Honestly, it's a lot of pressure. It was a lot of pressure just knowing the the reputation of the O block. Yeah, and I know there's going to be a lot of pressure not only on the players but on the coaches for this defensive side to to produce like they've been producing, right. like produce Lucky Folks who produce, you know, Bradley and I, and so the the players are going to feel that pressure, and some. You know, as sad as it is to say, some aren't going to be able to live up to that pressure. Some are going to kind of crumble and kind of, you know, be introverts and not really live up to those expectations. Um, but some will. Some yeah. are going to, you know, be up to the challenge to to meet those expectations. And so that was the hardest part for me, I think. I remember just going in there um, – and you know, I I was a co-starter. I was, I started some games uh, that year, and so I just remember there just being kind of like a, a hesitation about myself. Like, sure. oh, am I really good enough to really be on the field at that time? Like, am I really? Am I just here? The thoughts of am I just here just because I'm only like the next one in line, or am right. I like really really good enough to really be a Pac-12 player? And so, thoughts of inadequacy. I think a lot of the players are going to feel. Um, cause and, they're going to get in their heads. And yeah. that's a natural thing to feel. I, I remember, 
you know, this this will kind of date me, but I remember the Jazz and moving on from John Stockton. Nobody wanted to come <laughs> to Utah to replace John Stockton's uh-huh. shoes, right? Because, you know, he was he was viewed as the greatest point guard of all time. There was a lot of pressure. Nobody wanted to come in. And, you know, it took going through Carlos Arroyo and, and going through <laughs> John Crotty's and, and these types of guys to bring in Darren Williams. And I always remember that, you know, be, that being mentioned, especially I remember it specifically because Andre Miller talked about maybe he didn't talk about but that was the thought was that there was too much pressure coming in and replacing John Mm -hmm. Stockton and I think that's just the thing that not only athletes go through but I think there's a lot of pressure in just the real world of replacing you know somebody that's been really good at their job and I think there's so there's there's going to be those natural feelings those natural natural human emotions that these Mm -hmm. guys are going to have to go through it's going to be fascinating to see who steps up right and i think there are some some key players and key positions that will keep the defense um you know moving forward and they're not going to be as good as they were last year that was an elite group of talent and and guys that had bought into the program and into the culture and into the coaching staff you know that takes time to develop the key is they have talent at spots to replace a lot of those guys and it's just a matter of how quickly can they acclimate themselves into the program how quickly can they just kind of get their feet under them and and to your point realize that they are Pac-12 players right and I think that's the thing is when you know that and when you're comfortable with that and you're confident in yourself in that way that'll allow you to really kind of perform and shine and I think that's going to be an interesting dynamic to see you know us media members, I'm not sure how we can cover that. You know, like <laughs> right. how, how do we explain that type of thing? It's just one of those things that has to happen over time. It may not happen during spring ball. It may not happen over the summer and right. fall camp. It may not happen until next year. But mm-hmm. you know, that's just one thing that's going to have to happen with these guys. And it's it's going to be fun. So uh, again, spring ball starts uh, later today. Well, they'll be back at it tomorrow, and then they'll practice again. What on Thursday? Thursday, Thursday. Uh, and then they'll be back at it next week uh, again. So, man, Paul, it's been it's been almost an hour, bro. It's it, awesome. Time flies. <laughs> time flies. Tom, take your time getting back here. We'll continue to right. to hold it down here, um, but. Uh, Paul, thanks so much for coming down and helping out, man. Um, we'll, we would love to keep you on and keep you yeah. involved in any way that we can. We're excited for you and what you're moving toward. You're like I like we talked about. You're you're dieting. You're doing the keto thing. <laughs> you're looking slim and trim. I'm just trying to be a model, baby. Hey, you know what? <laughs> if football doesn't work out, yeah, you may have an opportunity modeling. Um, but again, we appreciate you hopping in here. Um, we're excited for you and excited for all the you boys in general. So uh, we will be back at it again next week. I'm not sure if Tom is going to be back in action or not. So Paul, you'll be uh, you'll be on call basically. Just let me know, baby. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you, the listeners. Again, please subscribe, rate, and review. Um, we are so thankful for the listeners and and the response that we've gotten over the last couple of weeks have been has been great. It's a lot of fun to see that. Um, I want to be. Uh, I want to remind you guys. We are. I'm at Udzone. I'm the managing editor at Udzone. We're running a special right now, fifty percent off, uh, which is perfect timing for spring ball. If you want all the updates and everything like that, uh, you can head on over to Udzone. Um, but we'll be back at it again next week for myself, Steve Bartle, for Paul Tawala, who may or may not be back next week. <laughs> but we'll keep you involved. 
Uh, this has been the It's Utah World Podcast. Signing off.